Welcome to Believe and Be the podcast, where we fearlessly explore the depths of human resilience and the strength of belief. I'm your host, Amanda Sparon Dufoe, and together we'll embark on a transformative journey of healing and hope. Join us as we engage in heartfelt conversations with individuals who have confronted life's toughest challenges, navigating through grief, loss, and adversity. Through their inspiring stories, we uncover the unwavering strength that resides within each one of us. If you're seeking solace, connection, and a glimmer of light during the darkest moments, Believe in Be, the podcast, is here to remind you that hope is always within your grasp. Together, let's embrace the complexities of life and embrace the beauty of our own resilience. As we walk this path hand in hand, we'll find strength and vulnerability and comfort in knowing we are never alone. Get ready to be moved, inspired, and reminded that belief is the key to unlocking the power within. Welcome to Believe and Be, the podcast. Over the years, Ron Camp has demonstrated a diverse set of talents, but his true passion lies in supporting individuals spanning both children and adults with different abilities. His unwavering commitment is dedicated to enhancing their lives through the realm of sports. In 2001, he introduced Challenger Baseball to Webster, and he tirelessly labored to transform the Miracle Field project into a reality. Beyond these remarkable achievements, Ron's leadership extends to his former role as president of the Webster Kiwanis Club. He's also the founding coach of the Rochester Pioneers baseball team, a team that focuses on providing baseball opportunities for the blind and visually impaired. Ron coached my son, Bryson, empowering him to be an integral part of the real baseball team despite his unique abilities. When reflecting on someone's life, we often ponder the sources of their greatest joy. When I reminisce about my son Bryson's life, I am certain that some of his most joyous moments were experienced as a member of the genuine baseball team, the Challengers. Bryson tragically passed away at the tender age of seven. As a parent who has lost a child, one inevitably contemplates what could have been and missed opportunities. Words can never truly convey the depth of my gratitude for the special needs baseball team that granted my son the opportunity to realize one of his dreams. While playing baseball may be viewed as a mere childhood pastime to some, to us and other families, it is signified so much more. It was an avenue for cheering, running, laughing, and a brief respite from the relentless cycle of doctor visits and hospital stays. I will forever hold a deep sense of gratitude towards Ron and what he has been able to do for countless other families. Prior to starting, I would like to issue a trigger warning. In today's episode, we will be discussing child loss, grief, and the empowering experiences of enabling children and young adults with diverse abilities to participate in team sports. If you think the subject matter might be distressing for you, I encourage you to take care of yourself and decide whether you are ready to listen to this episode now or at a more suitable time for you. Well, hello. In today's episode, I have an amazing person that will explain his life, his journey, and how he has helped countless children. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ron Camp. Ron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on and and talking about your journey with people and how you have been instrumental in thousands of children's lives. Well, I'll try to play it down a little bit, but I guess if you've been doing it for 23 years, probably does that up to thousands of people and ch- or children and mm-hmm. young adults, but they're all kids to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Five years old, four years old, or 54 years old. Yeah, you have a, a legacy that, you know, proceeds, you know, for you and your family. And I know that, you know, your dad was instrumental as well. So why don't we hear a little bit about you and yourself? Well, I was a, I'm a retired firefighter and I always liked baseball growing up because that's what my dad did. He only gave me one option growing up. I wanted to be in Boy Scouts. He said, you want to do Boy Scouts or do you want to play baseball? Well, I'd like to do both. Make a choice. So those were the old days when you didn't have multiple choices and you did whatever, you know, you like to do. And that was it. So I played baseball and um, played all through Little League and high school. And, and then as I uh, got into uh, the family life, I had my boys playing baseball. And uh, the long story, real short, is... Uh, they were probably, let's see, Dan was probably 13, Doug was probably 10 or 11. Um, a father came to me and uh, noticed that I was involved with Little League. And he said, have you ever thought about starting a program for challenged individuals in my hometown of Webster? And I said, I've thought about it, but I just don't know where to start. And uh, a little background about the Challenger Baseball program, my dad was involved with Little League for over 50 years. So in 1989, he went to a, uh, a clinic or, well, a conference. And he um, came back to the Rochester area and said, there's a new program called Challenger Baseball. So a town, a neighboring town started it. And I was still a young married guy. It was actually one child, I think, at the time. So I didn't care about any of that stuff. But fast forward to when that gentleman came to my house and was working, he was actually working at my house. He had asked me about starting a program in Webster. He had his son who was legally uh, blind and deaf. And I asked him for some contact names and we got going. Uh, I reached out to a few individuals uh, one person is still involved, Linda, who has a son with Down syndrome, who is now a grown man. Uh, so I started a program back in 2001 with 32 kids, and they were kids, actually. We didn't have anybody over the age of 15 at the time. And I tried it. I had four teams, about eight kids on a team, and I was like, oh, my God, is this going to work? And it was just a phenomenal experience. I had... Um, uh, a little league field that we played on, which I know uh, Amanda Bryson got his start on the uh, Webster Little League field. Mm -hmm. And we used those for years. But um, the first year, we, like I said, 32 players, and then it grew to the second year. I was only going to try it for one year, but I just thought it was so neat to see these kids uh, playing a sport that they probably would have never had a chance to play. Mm -hmm. And I say play, I mean, to get out on the field, wear a uniform, meet friends, meet families with the same kind of circumstances that you know, might not have ever connected. And, that, and that's what Challenger Baseball is. I mean, it's, it is a sport, but it's a way to connect with great people and share uh, stories, you know. I mean, Amanda, I know, you know, Bryson's short time on the ball field, you got to meet a, a group of men, a college collegiate team mm -hmm. that are faith-based, and uh, they 
they became uh, pretty close to you after Bryson had passed. But that's kind of what it's all about. We meet so many wonderful people and make connections and have uh, things to talk about and share to help better the lives of everybody else. I know I'm not talking a whole lot about me. I mean, it's not about me, really. It's about um, doing something for someone else that might not have a chance to to benefit from everyday activities that we take for granted with our with our children. And I'm included in this. I took a lot of things for advantage, a lot of things for granted with my boys growing up. Um, they were healthy and, uh, I mean, they did give me my challenges, but they were very healthy and had opportunities to play soccer and baseball. And uh, my youngest son tried everything one year. Everything was one year except <laughs> for baseball. He played for quite a few years. But, you know, you want to try this out? Let's go try it. You want to try karate? Sure. Uh, you want to do baseball, soccer, football, basketball? He, we did it all. But it was, it was taken for granted, I know, because after I started the Challenger program, I noticed that uh, baseball meant a lot to these kids mm -hmm. and the parents. Mm -hmm. And some of them have never played before, but they just had a chance to put on a uniform and to actually get out, uh, enjoy the fresh air, and meet somebody, uh, meet friends. Where else would they meet friends? You know, in a hospital? That's not, that's not the way it should be. You shouldn't be able to meet friends in different activities. And I'm not saying that baseball is the only place that they meet friends. I mean... Some are involved in music and all kinds of other things, but this was just something to do outdoors with no experience necessary and just have fun. And that's really what it was all about. So. Yeah. And I remember when um, Bryson and I, you know, we moved to Rochester in 2010 and trying to find activities uh, for Bryson. You know, he had cerebral palsy and epilepsy and he was in a wheelchair. And I remember being able to find the challengers and coming to visit and seeing what was all about the very first day. And Bryson had one rule. He only wanted to play if you could give him a red jersey and you were able to give him that red jersey and to be able to, to play baseball. And he absolutely loved it. There was days that, you know, it was, it was really hot out on the baseball field and, you know, he sometimes would get overheated, but it was a time to come together, not only only with families, but kids his own age, and even being able to watch the older kids that are just like him that have different abilities, and to be a part of a team. And it was such a magical experience. Yeah. And you know, there's so many of the older kids that are, are you know, I have players that have been playing for 23 years, but even now, I mean, they play different times, but we do events. There's, I have, you know, Fast forward 23 years, and I think like 150 players this year. Um, pretty hard to manage, but a lot of these older players, when we do special events where everybody's together, we have like a Heroes Day where we we play games all day and we police and fire and all kinds of cool cool things for everybody to do. Some of the older players know now. They know. They, they go up and they help the younger ones, mm -hmm. you know, like Bryson or a little boy in a wheelchair. We have... You know, I mean, it's several that are in wheelchairs and they smile from ear to ear and they just having some of the older players that might not have severe challenges, but, you know, they're usually cognitive or behavioral. Mm -hmm. 
but they know enough to embrace they know enough to embrace the kids that you know in in a wheelchair they're 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 much smarter than we give them credit for and they they don't judge they just know that they're they feel good helping which is really how i feel feel good helping everybody it's very rewarding in this in this crazy world we live in when you can get a phone call from a mom that just says uh, my child had so much fun just being a child and having wearing a uniform and you know, being allowed to, I, I do get that, ask that. Will you allow my son to play? I'm like, what do you mean allow? <laughs> right. You know, you're welcome. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's yeah. all inclusive. Yeah. And even for the buddies and the people that come in and volunteer, I know Bryson's cousin um, would come some days and, and help him out. And I think too, that it's not, you know, it's it's such a family environment that everyone is rooting for each other and everyone supports each other. And you might be there helping another, another child and, you know, and you get so much out of, out of those, you know, we used to play on Sundays, you know, in the dead heat of the summertime. Oh, you know, and that's one reason the Miracle Field came about because we played when I could get a field and we played two o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays Mm -hmm. in June and July and it was hot. Um, in the heat of the day, but that's all I could really get. But you know, back in 2014, we had the idea to build a special place for everybody to play their their games, and it kind of evolved into um, more than I ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. We ended up raising lots of money to build a miracle field, and that's appropriately named it's actually in rochester it's called challenger miracle field of greater rochester but uh we we are able to play all our games in the mornings on saturdays i do have evening games for the older players um we have a lot of things to keep the the players cool now we've got missing fans and i don't have to lug everything in the back of my pickup truck like (laughs) i used to yeah um it, it is it's truly a miracle and i think with the uh, Miracle Field, uh, there has been a lot of publicity about what we offer, and I know if B were here, he would be enjoying baseball and kickball, and we do soccer, we do a Halloween party now, we do a Valentine's prom for young and old adults, but a Night to, night to Shine prom, off-site, of course, not at Miracle Field. We do... Uh, Christmas kickball event at the field with a heated tent and basketball, so many bowling. So it's it's evolved into a year-round uh, venture. And I often say this, and people laugh because I don't know if people even know what Tiddlywinks is, but I could have a Tiddlywink tournament in Miracle Field and I'd probably get up 100 people coming to play. It's just, I could just name, say anything and they'd play. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that's the cool thing about it. Yeah. And you're giving back to a community that really needed something for their children to be involved in. And it has definitely evolved. Um, I remember the calls, you know, it was, you know, like a year after Bryson passed away that you guys were were starting this. And then it kind of moved into you guys had the the big uh, feet and you guys were able to uh, raise a ton of money and you guys have had so much backing from the community so that 
and I, you know, you know, you don't like it about you and it's about so other kids and the families, but you know, you are one of the driving forces to be able to bring that to the community. And that is just something that's amazing. And, you know, I'll be forever grateful for those years that Bryson did have playing sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I underestimate what it means to, to families and, um, and the players, and especially on the spectrum. I see kids that come to the games, and some people, some parents get embarrassed depending on their their challenge and their focus. They're running around the field, and parents are like almost apologetic, but uh, it's just a place where nobody judges. And you mm-hmm. saw there the years that you played. Nobody questions anybody if, you know, why is he doing this? Or, mm-hmm. or why is he playing? what's going on you know nobody judges and that's the cool thing about it and if they ever do judge and i'm around it's not going to be fun right for, for whoever has something to say but nobody really nobody trust me nobody complains most people are very grateful there's minor things but oh no, it's a very uh non-judgmental atmosphere yeah and you guys have it as you know it's you know, there's no limits. There's only possibilities when they can come out in that field. And, and what you're doing there is absolutely amazing and how it's grown. And now you guys have lights and a scoreboard and the, 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 the amazing feeling when you go and you can watch one of those games. It's, it's just speaking of which you can watch a game when you're down, you're down in Florida. We have, um, a streaming, uh, app now you can stream games and you can actually watch on demand that's pretty cool and there's a camera behind the uh, backstop for baseball and kickball and then there's the camera on the building for rectangular sports so you can log in now and uh, grandma and grandpa are not living in town or they're living anywhere in the world you can mm-hmm. log in and watch a you know watch a game or there are several I say kids, but oh, there's young and old. Some of them hit a home run, and now they can go and watch it anytime they want, all night if they want to keep watching the home run or tell people about it to go log in and watch it on demand. So that's absolutely amazing, and we will post the link um, in the comments uh, so people can go and um, experience what the joys are of these children being able to hit a home run and be on a team together. Just because they have different abilities doesn't mean that they don't um, that they should not be able to enjoy these things. You know, it's 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 human nature that you know people just want to be a part of a team, and and it's kind of like what I said at um, Bryson's funeral. Like, thank you for allowing my child to have something that is so normal to other kids of being on a team. And it was yeah. just so important. Absolutely. And it's like I said before, we take a lot for granted. Yeah. yeah. And so we worry about the, we worry about the littlest things, mm-hmm. but if you come to a challenger game and be a buddy and help out, you leave there going, maybe my life, maybe I shouldn't worry about it these mm-hmm. little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully um, agree with that. So how do you keep going, you know, going through, you know, your life and what gives you the motivation to, to keep going every day and making things bigger and having these bigger yeah. ideas that you're doing? Honest, honestly, a lot of it is during the season. And trust me, I'm, I'm being very truthful. I always say, oh my God, I don't know if I can continue. It's so much 
so much work. You don't realize all the work before the season starts balancing. It's not a computer generated. Uh, I can't just generate a, a, or have a computer program pick the teams. I know every player and personality mm-hmm. or most of them. And you have to group by, uh, you know, how many wheelchairs are on a team and, and okay, this one doesn't get along with this person. Mm-hmm. The older ones have relationships you got to juggle. Um, but at the same time, I get calls thanking me for going the extra mile. Or when you talk to a new a new parent who's very uh, apprehensive about having their son or daughter play a baseball game, and then they realize how cool it is and how nice it is. And, you know, this year I had one boy that uh, the mom came to watch another boy who's who you know five year old boy who. Has several quality and he was in a wheelchair and this mother came just to watch and her son it was very obvious he would have a walker and I said well, what do you uh, are you on the field because the first day I don't know who everybody is mm-hmm. so no I'm here to watch I go no you're not you're here to play mm-hmm. and she just thanked me up and down oh I can't believe you let him play I'm like I mean well, why wouldn't I let him? you know and she just had a, a really nice time she came comes from a well probably not uh, a nice area of the city, but a very nice person. Financially, she probably struggled, and she tried to pay me, and I said, I want your money, I want your son to have a good time. And just, just the thank yous, you know, like, we call thank you so much. And it's just, it, it does, you know, I'm not going to lie, it sounds good to hear uh, stories where, you know, or you know, thank you for allowing my child to play, or Giving, giving me the opportunity of spending 15 minutes on the phone, seeing if it was going to be a good fit. And sometimes it's not. I could just come and try it. It doesn't mm-hmm. work for everybody. Not everybody wants to swing a baseball bat or play baseball. But, you know, you don't know until you try. And 99% of the time they realize that there's no experience necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just have a home for for these kids. And I think, you know, what you're doing is amazing. And I know that with the Miracle Field, you guys have a board and it's not just one person. There's a whole community. Right. Oh, that absolutely. And I don't want that. To, I want that to be emphasized that there are some really great, great people on our board. And one of the gentlemen, I mentioned his name and he wants nothing. Uh, Don is, has been a tre- he's the treasure. He was the treasure literally that came to me. Gosh, nine and a half years ago, called me up on the phone, just wanted to know whether I had somebody in my family that was challenged. And I just said no. And he asked the same question, why do you do it? It's because it feels good. It's rewarding. Mm-hmm. But he was the one who said, let's do something for you. I remember. And then I kind of just said, that sounds like a great idea. I'll go find some land. I'll get some bases and throw them down on the dirt. We'll have a field. <laughs> little do you know here it is now and it's you know it's spectacular a little more complex than that so. yes lots of behind the scenes of what you guys do for these families to be able to have the joys that they experience on on game days and I know it takes yeah. away from your personal life and I know you have a very supportive wife um, along along the way and the families and you know I oh, know yeah. that Dan helps out now and it's it's yep. something that is great and your grandkids are are there and always and my grandkids I mean uh, it's, uh, they don't come a lot they're, they're six and just turned 10 my grandson just turned mm-hmm. 10 
but um, I will say, and I think you know Annabelle, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. Annabelle went to their school. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she has her challenges, but they embraced her, and I mean, they would run out of the run out of the car if they saw her to give her a mm-hmm. hug. And I actually got an email from my granddaughter's first grade teacher saying that. She's never seen anybody that young embrace somebody with yeah. a disability. And not just Annabelle, but other kids in the school. And yeah. saying that, you know, that she had the understanding that um, 13-year-olds don't have yeah. of, of how people are different. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and maybe when they get older, I don't force it on them. It's something that can't be taught. It's got to be just, I guess, uh, just kind of comes naturally you know and some people have always asked I'm like how did you ever take a you know kind of a, a liking or how did you get to this place I had a good mother and father who taught me that you know not everybody is like I am thank god um, <laughs> but I went to a, a public school and this is in the 60s when I was a kid um, there was a room down at the end of the hall and I won't say the word, but that that was where the, you know, the Harvard kids uh, went to, you know, the class. And they back in the sixties, I mean, they they were like kind of put a put in a separate place. They weren't integrated. They rode their tricycles down the the hallway in front of my class, and some kids would laugh, and I, it kind of bugged me. I don't know, just you know, as a seven or eight year old, it's like, why why are they? They can't help that, you know. Mm-hmm. You could tell, I mean, it was obvious, you know, some had varying disabilities, and they were older, actually, but it, it just kind of, I think that's how it sort of started, and just having a good good mom and dad to teach me uh, that everybody's different. Yeah. Your dad was an amazing, amazing, amazing man. He raised you. That is a caring, loving, empathetic man, but your dad, you know, he really got you into that when he started like the challengers, you know, when you were. Oh yeah. He, you know, and he, I wished he was around to see the, uh, mm-hmm. the result. It was unfortunate that it, you know, he, let's see, I believe it was sure about a month after his passing in 2016 that we broke ground. So, but you know, it's, uh, he, he asked me, Oh my God, it's driving me crazy. For the, for the two years, how much money you got? Are you doing? Dad, I don't. I'm a very stressful time. I said, <laughs> you don't have a lot of money yet. Well, why not? I know it takes time. But, eh, you know, and he's looking down saying, well, but it's fun of a gun did it. And I, I think, uh, you know, you know this and you've seen the wall, right? We have mm-hmm. a memorial wall and D was the first one on the wall and then my dad is right next to him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, didn't plan it that way, but it's like, hey, you know, that spot's open. Let's put that right next to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you got an old guy next to a young <laughs> young kid. Yeah, yeah. And my dad talked about me, and uh, he made his he made his buttons all the time. Oh, loved his buttons. Oh yes. <laughs> I still have a, I still have a, I still have a box of buttons. I still have a box of buttons. I got lots of buttons, and I still <laughs> run into people who go. I still have the button your dad made, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's cool. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a legacy that, that lives on. So yeah. through that, and then obviously you get, um, like you said, you know, you know 
pretty much all of the players, you know, their, you know, their, their likes, their dislikes, and you make it such a happy environment. And then sometimes, you know, things happen, tragedies happen. Um, what spoke volumes to me, and I have tons and tons of photos of it, but I, it wasn't just for Bryson, but for my experience, when Bryson was in the hospital, you guys came to, to the hospital to, to visit B. And then at Christmas, you guys gave him the best, the last Christmas that he had, the best Christmas that he's probably ever had, dressing up as Santa Claus and bringing gifts up there. So it, it really goes off of the field as well. And you oh, rally yeah. around it's, these families. You know, even today, people say, you know, miracle field and, try to tell people it, it's a it's a mindset it's yeah mm -hmm. it's a physical place but it's more than a physical place you know i mean mm -hmm. like i said i said we do challenger bowling and we do challenger basketball we can't do that at Merkelfield. so we do it off-site but it's still it's that attitude you know I mean, yeah. it's, you know it's 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 a miracle you know yeah. I mean, to make things happen and, you know so that's uh you know i mean it's uh you know, when I find out people are sick or kids, and I, you know, I at least try to make an effort to visit them. Although with the, the restrictions now, it's a lot, a lot different. You can't just go up to the downtown children's hospital and when a child's in the hospital and walk right in and go visit. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot uh, stricter now. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, there's a a player that you probably know. Um, she was in the hospital for. She's older now. She's in her 20s. But Diana was, uh, I think it was, oh, God, it had to be months. But her mother would FaceTime at the game. Her mother would come with her, you know, because her brother played, and I'd FaceTime her. And then she finally came to, uh, she came to our Heroes Day. She was, uh, she was still out of the hospital, but in a nursing facility for a while until she got better. So, you know, it's, goes way beyond uh, the couple hours at Miracle Field where kids are playing sports. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, don't, I know you, you haven't, you probably, maybe you're getting to this, but, you know, we talk about how the older players um, embrace some of the younger kids and, you know, how Ryan was with, with uh, Bryson. I mean, mm -hmm. here he is, uh, he, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, he used to be a handful. <laughs> he's gotten much better, but you know what? He, um, I'll share this cool story. I don't even know if I ever told you. Maybe I did, but anyways, you know, for the audience, Bryson, you know, was in the hospital, and Ryan, who had his challenges, very bright young man, but he had his behavioral challenges. He would read read to Bryson, mm -hmm. um, kind of almost like therapy for him. It would calm him down. And I know, um, maybe I told you the story, but he went to a a small school. And for his high school graduation, I think they had 23, 25 uh, graduates. Each uh, graduate got to choose somebody to speak at their graduation. And I, you know, he chose me and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what to, what to expect. And I got there and their teachers and grandparents and whomever. And they've got these pieces of paper, memorizing their notes, whatever we're going to, how they're going to talk about uh their their child or you know the graduate and uh i'm like i don't have anything because i have no idea what ryan's gonna do <laughs> and sure enough i get up there and i'm i'm sitting there and I, you know everybody's reading the notes i'm like i'm i got up there and i started talking and uh ryan being the ryan that he is 
starts making faces at the audience. And I went back to him, and I'm like, okay, wow, how do I get this one? I'm like, oh. And all of a sudden, I just turned, and I said, no, there's a lot of things people don't know about Ryan. And I brought up the whole story about how uh, Ryan would read to be mm-hmm. in the hospital, and it basically alluded to the fact that he has a good heart. Mm-hmm. And he started to cry. And it was, you know, I brought him down to earth. I think I gave his father a little relief because his father's, you know, here, here you got your, your dad's in the audience and he's making faces to the audience. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of brought Ryan down to, to earth. And uh, I think it was, you know, just one of those stories you don't forget. Yeah. And there are others like Ryan, but that was a pretty special moment for me and for for all those that used to come up to the hospital, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the toy we got. Be I think it was flying through the room, and I was like, okay, I don't know, what are we? <laughs> oh yeah, it was the flying shark. He wanted the shark thing. It was like a Sharknado thing, and it was uh, remote control because he needed a remote control because you yeah. know. Grayson was uh, bed bound at that time and he couldn't get up and get in his wheelchair and stuff like that. And he was able to do the remote control. Uh, and we were in the ICU at that time, but that was for us to have a private room. So he was, Bryson was a hellion in the hospital at that time, you know, making loud noises and, you know, but it was such a fun experience that you guys wanted to make sure that Bryson had an amazing Christmas and, you know, you guys go above and beyond. And to the point that you said about Ryan, I remember, so I actually have a plaque that's up behind me and we gave Ryan the same plaque and I I was able to give Ryan one of the books. They used to read Cat in the Hat a lot and we were able to give Ryan that, that book. We brought him to dinner that night. I do remember. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So through that and being able to have that support and those good moments, um, you know, unfortunately, there's been several, not just Bryson, throughout the years that have passed away that I know leave imprints on your on your heart. How do you keep going after those losses? Well, you know, I try to look at things. I mean, and I think about this a lot. I don't sleep and whatever. We're all going to go someday. Mm-hmm. And I think that God has a plan, you know what do they say? Only the good die young from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, sometimes I see the most miserable people in the world. They're having, they're just miserable. And I, and I'm not, I, I have my moments, trust me. It's, it can, I get frustrated with things, but just in general, I see people that are so bent out of shape about the dumbest things and they don't even take the time to even look at you know, look at somebody that might not have been as lucky as they were. Um, so I I'm realistic, you know. I mean, when my dad passed, I mean, I have a lot. I look at it different ways. I had eighty. Well, he was eighty nine. I was how old was I? I was about fifty eight when he passed. And I think, well, I spent fifty eight years with him, so that's pretty good. I look at the bright side. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the memorial wall that we talked about, um, Sarah, it's called Sarah's Memorial Wall. Sarah was uh, an original Challenger player from 2001. She had several palsy, nonverbal, uh, motorized wheelchair uh, event. You know, she, she every, everything, you know, she was, and she struggled. I would go up and visit her in a hospital and she'd break her leg. They don't even know how, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. just, and she couldn't tell everybody what was going on. 
But uh, she kept playing. And then, you know, unfortunately, in 2018, she passed away. And I talked to the family, and a family member wanted to make a donation to Miracle Field, which wasn't even built at the time. And they were, they did, uh, they were lucky to get in the Bitcoin uh, deal. And they gave me a significant amount of money, and I said, I'd like to do something for Sarah. So we have Sarah's memorial wall, and it's, uh, it's a happy it's sad, but it's happy. I mean, I mm-hmm. go there and I see B, my father, and uh, we've had other challenger players in the past. And I, it's very awkward to go to the family and say, you know, we'd like, you know, would you consider putting, uh, yeah. you know, your child on the wall? Um, but it, but it, at the same time, it's a reminder of, of um, the life they lived, whether it's six, seven, eight years or... 89 years in my father's case. I mean, it's, I guess what I'm saying is I'm realistic. I don't know what I, I I don't know what will happen to me tomorrow if I leave, uh, walk out of the, you know, get my truck. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of embrace the moment, I guess, you know. Yes, it's sad. I think about my dad once in a while and I, uh, and then I realized dad lived 89 years. Uh, and my mom. My mom was also my mom put up with my father, so she was an angel. But uh, same with my wife putting up with me. But you know, I think people at Bryson are they they, are, they taught us. They're teaching us every day. You know, just because they're physically not here doesn't mean that they aren't uh, with many of us and, and reminding us of what what important in life. So when I go to Miracle Field and I have lots of people to come to view, to, to look at the field, and I, I like to show everybody around and I show them the wall. And I have a story for everybody on that wall, some I don't know personally, but uh, you know, I, have, I have someone on the wall that uh, they, gave, they wanted their son on the wall. And that challenger player, they just found out about it. And, um, there were some unfortunate circumstances for, for some of them. And uh, just kind of a good way to to remember someone. Mm-hmm. It's not always a player, family member, or you know, we had uh, three young um, helicopter pilots that were in the, the reserve uh, uh, four years ago. Unexpectedly, their helicopter crashed outside of Rochester, and one of the families is from Long Island. A company of three breweries uh, brewed a beer in honor and memory of these three gentlemen. And each family got to pick a charity, and one of them picked Miracle Field. And they happened to be lived down down in New York City. In fact, the father was a New York City firefighter, retired. They came all the way up there, and I look at that wall, and I see him, just Danny Creel. I can still picture. So... It, the memory's alive. The memory doesn't really go away, but for some people it goes away because they're not totally involved and they weren't involved in their life. But if somebody goes and looks at the wall, and, you know, you read, read a little thing and, you know, reflect. That's yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, if you are comfortable discussing this, and if not, that's okay too. Um, but I know a couple years ago that you were involved in an accident and the families were able to rally around you. Oh, you yeah. So, you know, decided to be, uh, to, to go off for, I was really getting into it and it was great. I loved riding my bike and getting exercise. And I spent it all summer. Well, I spent many summers. I just, when I had time to go out and uh, get some, you know, good rides in. So I uh, uh, didn't listen to some really good uh, avid bike ride cyclists uh, at late in the year. You know, you got to be careful because the sun gets low in the sky. And I had went for a long ride the day before, and I thought, I'll go stretch my legs. It was a Sunday. I can even know. It's October 19th. <laughs> And, yeah, Blake and I were heading back to Florida because we got the text when we got when we landed. Oh, really? Yep. And so it was like five thirty. I decided like I'm going to go ride my bike. You know, well, you know, the sun is a lot lower in the sky. And anyways, things just didn't work out too well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I laugh about it, and I tell people all the bones I broke, and they're like, I can't believe you're still walking. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I honestly believe it. If you keep busy, you don't feel the pain. You just keep going, you know, mm -hmm. and like I'm like I'm when I'm at Miracle Field uh, on Saturday from eight o'clock until two o'clock, I don't sit down. And then sometimes I feel sometimes I feel like, oh, man, I'm, I'm I'm feeling pretty crummy, but I just keep going. Yeah, I mean, I broke, broke a lot of bones and I was in the hospital for three weeks. But uh, what was really cool was so many of the kids and their families and. They came and they, uh, you know, came up to visit me. They wanted to send me stuff and uh, were really concerned. And, you know, and it was very, aware you know, if it was just Joe, if I was just Joe Blow who didn't know anybody and was miserable, I'd probably be laying in the hospital even more miserable because nobody came to visit me and nobody cared. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it was uh, good therapy. Yeah. And I can tell you, when my dad passed away um, at the at the funeral, I mean, uh, several of the Challenger players, the adult ones, came, and even a couple said a few words uh, when the, you know, they asked if there's any anybody wants to say anything. So they get it. They get the whole picture better mm -hmm. than most people. And I got hugs from them, and you know, so sorry. And you know, I had one young man to this day he can't read. He's 37 years old. And he's, he's told me how he he just gets made fun of and he feels bad he can't read. And I said, you do more things that uh, people really don't see, you know, because you can't read everybody. Oh, you can't read, ha, ha. But uh, they don't see the uh, total concern. Right. So. Yeah. You know, and I think, too, that, you know, going through that and having the players, you know, rally around you, it shows how much you are loved, how much you are supportive. And it gives you a different perspective, too, because you were laid up in a hospital bed for those for those several weeks, you know. So it's that flipping of, you know, what you were being there to support the kids when they're going through that. But they were able to do that for you when you went through yeah. that Yeah, it's kind of like uh, one hand washes the other, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I I wouldn't even begin to tell you how many cards I got. I still have them down in the basement, so they'll be there till the day that I uh, that I uh, face my maker. 
And every once in a while, not that I have a lot of time, but I'll, you know, I'll open a couple and look at them. Oh my God, that's so so cool. Yeah, yeah. So to kind of, you know, pivot a little bit, I know you guys have some great things that are coming up that you guys are doing uh, to do some fundraising and things like that. Can you tell us about what you guys are doing now? Well, uh, people don't understand. The field's built. Uh, what do you need money for? Well, you know, we run programs year-round. I mean, we do a uh, a lot of special events. And I'll give you an example. The Night to Shine Valentine's Prom, we have uh, a, a big uh, buffet meal, a DJ, uh, photo booth, dancing all night long and we it's a ten dollar donation to attend i mean it's it costs a lot of money to put it on but we so we do fundraising and raise money to offset or subsidize the uh the the programs we do i mean you know i think our most of the average charge for our program is thirty dollars and uh the day they get a uniform they've got their thirty dollars and then we have we have a disability dream and do clinic that we put on free of charge. They get a shirt and a hat and a meal. We did Heroes Day. They get a meal. They get, you know, there's all kinds of things. And the reason they get these things is because we raise money and we will continue to do that. And we have also needs of, you know, insurance and, uh, you know, we make improvements. And, you know, one thing I haven't talked about is the playground, which is an mm-hmm. all-inclusive playground that, it didn't come cheap. We just put a uh, uh, communication board up. I saw that. pretty I'm cool. Sure. And, you know, a child, a nonverbal child can point to, you know, slide or bathroom. or There's a whole gamut of, of uh, expressions that they can point to. So all those things cost money. So, and we, you know, we have, you know, we have consultants that we pay to, to you know, for registration and keep track of everything. So anyways, all those things require fundraising. So we decided last year we did an Oktoberfest, which was uh, quite large. And this year it's even bigger. We're doing an Oktoberfest. Um, I don't know how many listen that are in this area, but it's September 15th and 16th at our, in our town of Webster at the Fireman's Field. The tent is 240 feet long. It's really big, and we've got another a concert after that on the 21st. It's the uh, a tribute band, uh, Zach Brown tribute band, and then a cornhole tournament on the Sunday, the 24th. So it's a Merklefield week, we call it, and we'll see how it goes. But I know the Oktoberfest will be uh, a big hit. I mean, we had thousands of people last year, and uh, it's a lot of work, so... I'm working on that, and we have volunteers, but it's still a lot of work, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you need these things. And, I, and a lot of it, I like to co-fest, yes, we want to make money, but it brings a lot of awareness. Right. Because we advertise on the radio. Uh, they just, the ads just started today, and they're, they're, they'll go right until the day of the Oktoberfest. And, uh, you know, we have a streaming video on the top wall with sponsors, and it runs the whole uh, length of the uh, event with uh, Cambridge players peppered in playing 
baseball or bowling or soccer or whatever. So there's a whole bunch of other things that are a result of these events, not just monetarily speaking, but awareness. Yeah. And that's amazing that, you know, it just keeps growing. And like you said, you know, it, it's great to be able to fundraise and it's great to, you know, be able to keep growing the programs and adding things to it. But the awareness that is there, it's so much more prevalent now. I mean, I remember moving to to Webster, you know, back in, you know, 2010, and there wasn't all of these, you know, extracurricular activities that are at this scale and groups that you can get along with, with, with families and that you can create these really lifelong dreams yeah. and uh, friendships. Um, and it's amazing that there's just something like this in the community. Yeah. You know, we're, 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 there are other groups that help people that we have, you know, collaboration with and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go to volunteer fairs and it's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? It's like, yeah. Hey, you know what? I have somebody that might like to, uh, you know, we have one organization and actually they're based out of Webster that have, um, called Bella's Mambas. They, uh, build special, uh, I don't want to say wheelchair, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's got a pole with two wheels, like a little boy, like Bryson put a sad in it and mm -hmm. push them around and they they send them all over the world. But I see them and they've given me a couple and I, you know, I think I was talking about the mom that uh, it just happened to show up at a game and I gave her one. And she's so thankful. Mm. Uh, so, you you know, you meet a lot of different people. Yeah. I remember when you guys were getting ready <clears throat> for the Miracle Field, when you guys were going around and looking at different fields, you know, around because, you know, what the other, the next closest uh, to where you guys are in Webster to have like an adaptive Field. Yeah, it was an, up in uh, Grand Island. I'm yes, sure. There, I think there's one in Syracuse now, but this was up north of Buffalo a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, we checked that out, and then uh, what made our different, what I wanted to do differently was make it rectangular too, and use a special surface, a special turf surface, mm -hmm. so that they could play soccer and yeah. play football and whatever. And it's a little bigger than traditional miracle field, so. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's just something that, you know, your legacy is truly living on through what you are doing, what the board is is doing. And you guys have truly have grown um, from from starting where you guys were back with the just the idea back in 20, you know, 14. Yeah, meeting at a meeting yeah. at a local uh, hamburger joint, you know, <laughs> in a room and just, you know, or, oh, where are we going to meet this week and to actually forming a 501c nonprofit and, uh, you know, developing a business plan. And I, I tell people, I wish I had done all this when I was in my twenties. I probably could have been a multimillionaire with all the knowledge I've learned, but I'm a <laughs> multimillionaire in, uh, in heart. So, yeah. and I've, I've seen a lot of people with a lot of money that, I don't know. I wonder at the end of the day, you know, I don't know how many cars can you own? How many, uh, houses can you live in and yeah you know it's nice if you're if you do real well you can give away a lot of money but yep. at the end of the day you still got if you got hands and a heart you can, mm -hmm. you can do a lot yeah absolutely is there any special memories that you could share with the listeners that that make you think back and and know that you guys are doing what is right to give these these kids, young adults, these opportunities? Is there any special 
stories that you can share with us? Not one in particular, but I mean, when, you know, you talk to parents, like I, I said before, and even even during games, and they'll say, oh, thank you so much for doing mm-hmm. this. This is so wonderful, especially the new ones that come and they don't know what to expect. And it's like, this is so, I didn't know this existed, you know? And, you know, we've, we've got some families, they have more than one or two kids to play. In fact, this is a kind of, maybe this is, this is a really cool story. There, so our field now, we have our program at Miracle Field, and we play, I have eight teams, and then uh, the next town over Penfield, um, they kind of ran into the same problems uh, of trying to find a, a field. So they use their home field now at Miracle Field. They've been doing so for the last four years. On their team, and I've gotten to know mom and dad, there is uh, a family that has 21 children, and 14 of them are with special needs. And I believe, I think there's eight, maybe a whole baseball team that comes and plays every Saturday morning. They pull up in their big bus and I talk to mom and they just, we're so thankful that we have a place like this to, to play, to, for all my kids to play. And it's just a pretty cool thing. And, and I'm, I always like you're thinking me. I couldn't do what you do in a million years, and you can pay me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I have the kids a couple hours a week. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that are involved. But to to you know, their day starts at four thirty in the morning, handing out, you know, getting medicines ready and getting everybody ready, and you know, breakfast is like a, you know, <laughs> a chore in itself for just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and the and seeing the adult the adult uh, uh, family members, siblings helping these these kids that were, you know, who knows? Maybe they, they were. I don't know where they would go if somebody mm-hmm. doesn't adopt them. You never know. Do they end up? You know, again, you, you were able to provide breaks and with so much, even though his life was short. Mm-hmm. But some of these kids that had similar circumstances with Bryce and a lot of families walk away and I don't I don't know if they walk away but they're they're without a a, a family you know mm-hmm. so having somebody take them in and raise them and you see that a lot I see that a lot with many of the players they're you know somebody steps up and yeah. knowing that their whole life is going to be uh, taking care of somebody, the disabilities don't go away. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, it's kind of like when I, when I see they, people told me when my kids were little, oh, I used to say, oh my God, changing diapers. and Oh, just wait, it gets worse. I'm like, what do you mean it gets worse? <laughs> wait till they start walking. And I'm with, you know, teenagers. But, you know, so, I mean, somebody that's, you know, especially in the spectrum, or, I don't want to see any disability out, but right. it's it's a challenge, you know, yeah. but, uh, persistence, you know, yeah. just don't give up, keep going. Yeah. And you I want did to that. sometimes because it's so hard. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people see the, uh, say the, why me? Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, but it's, yeah. it's, there's a lot, a lot of, uh, 
A lot of things to, you know, to be thankful for, despite the challenges that their children face. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for like my chosen career uh, for, for 10 years, out of, you know, after Bryson passed away, you know, I worked uh, with individuals with different abilities that lived in group homes. And I know that that was something that, you know, Ron, you, you helped out with, with some of the players that, you know, that might not have a full family that can go home. Well, to, you but know, you I become, won't mention names, but I'm, I'm not mentioning any names, um, but well, you become their, yeah. <laughs> he's, already, he's already sent me, he, let's see, it's uh, 6.55, he's a Yankees fan, so he's probably telling me what channel the game is on and, and who's uh, pitching. Yeah, and you become, you become, you know, their family, that if they don't have a family at home. Yeah, you know, it, it is, I mean, I mean, he calls me dad, he, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's going to be 40 years old this year, and you went to his 30th birthday party, do you remember yep. that? Yep, he sang to me. Yep, and, uh, you know, he's going to be 40 this year, so he's organizing this party that we all go to and pay for mm -hmm. but it's okay yeah <laughs> so i mean it's it's pretty cool yeah and you have to foster those relationships that you have had for you know 23 years doing what you're doing so what is your hope for the future and truly the legacy that you are leaving behind my hope for the future is for everything to continue as it is and growing, helping others. And I'm not going to be around forever or, you know, at this capacity, although it seems like I do, I keep doing more instead of less. You don't want anything to fail. I mean, we are actually um, going to be hiring someone. Uh, our grant writer, who is very experienced in the not-for-profit industry, has said for the last five years, yeah, I've seen too many not-for-profits basically fail because they're trying to run it as a volunteer. And it reaches a point where you have to pay somebody. Mm -hmm. So my hopes and dreams is that somebody has the passion I have to, and, and I think I think they will, the right person. And the knowledge, and then, trust me, I think anybody can, if I can do this, anybody can do it. I yeah. just did it. I'm doing it because I learned from day one scratch. I learned a little bit, you know, it's like if I just jumped in this now, I'd probably be too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But it's just, just uh, longevity. And um, I just wanted to, to thrive. And, uh, you know, there's still an untapped amount of people out there with disabilities that just don't either know. A lot of people don't search. You searched us out when we were really was not a whole lot going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I still hear people they come, I never knew this existed. I can't believe it. This is awesome. I'm telling my friends. So all of you just you you want you want it to uh, continue, you know, sustainability. Long before I'm done, the sign of a good a good business is it will a business be sustainable after you know the world goes on no matter what mm -hmm. yeah. you know it's not, I think if I you know who knows when I had my bike accident you know I think people picked up the pieces you know but you just have to trust your instincts that there are people out there that want us to continue and they will do what it takes yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And 
And you know, now your your one of your sons is on the board with you and see him out there, you know, helping out. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does a lot. Great mm -hmm. to show that. During this uh, phone call, I just saw a text message from him asking a question. So, I'm like, mm -hmm. so yeah. And that must make you really happy. And and to look back on on what you have accomplished, you know, and what the board has accomplished, you know, specifically too, that you guys are giving a safe space for these families to come and experience what is a normal pastime for so many people. And that is yeah. something that you should be very proud of and that, you know, you don't turn people away, that you are people's biggest cheerleader and that you just want what's best and for them to enjoy themselves on a Saturday morning playing with their families. Yes, it's the, it is very rewarding and satisfying to see it everybody out there having a good time and uh what's kind of cool is it's not just baseball anymore mm -hmm. i mean i just did baseball now i'm doing kickball right. i'm going to football and then we need somebody to do this and like, oh let's have you know i thought a valentine's parlor would be cool you know it's the data winner and we're not playing outside so let's have some fun right no, absolutely. So before we go, just one more question. So through your life with with this and, you know, from being a firefighter to, you know, starting with Challengers and now with Miracle Field, what is one thing that you would want people to remember you for? Oh, that, that's kind of tough. That. I don't, I really that I'm humble and I just, I'm just happy that um, so many families have a, a place to do some extra things, you know, like I said before, some are into dance and music and whatever, but this is just another option that's given to them. So yeah. to, to go and have a good time. And we have dances at Miracle Field too. We have a DJ and you saw a little bit of that when we had the parties at the other yeah. place, but you know, we're having a celebration of lights for lighting that we just got put up on September 29th. Just so I want everybody to come and have a good time. You know, we're going to play some kickball and have a, have a DJ there and just have a lot of fun. Well, Ron, I really appreciate you taking this time and telling us about your journey and your story. But please know that your life and what you have given to others is something that I know that families are so grateful for. And when they look back at these memories that they are making with their families, it's because partly, you know, with you and the board and all the other volunteers, but you are the driving force that are allowing these children and young adults to have these experiences. And you just need to know how much you mean to so many people. Well, it feels good. I'm not gonna lie at all. It doesn't always feel good when somebody appreciates something. So yeah, it's, it's rewarding knowing that uh, people appreciate what we're doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Alrighty, you take care. You too. Thank you for joining us on this powerful journey of resilience and belief. We hope the heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories shared on Believe and Be the Podcast has touched your heart and reminded you of the strength that lies within. Remember, even in life's toughest challenges, hope is always within reach. Embrace the complexities of life, find comfort in vulnerability, and know that you are never alone. If you have been moved and inspired by our podcast, please share it with others who may find solace and encouragement in these stories. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. From all of us here at Believe and Be the Podcast, thank you for being a part of this supportive community. Together, let's continue to believe in the beauty of resilience and the power of hope. Until next time, take care and keep believing in me. Thank you.